Hey, Nathan, you know what the lifeblood of the car company is? Young buyers. New models. New models. I mean, young models. New models. <laughs> that's, what I, that's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, we did a podcast uh, talking about, uh, you know, is Toyota in trouble? Mm-hmm. So today we're going to take the same approach to uh, our friends over at Honda. I'm not saying they're in trouble, but we're going to kind of dissect the brand model by model, talk about where they're going, uh, because they have been on a tear do. They just unveiled a whole bunch of new vehicles. They have. Uh, and this also goes for Acura. And there's a very bright looking future for both brands. But Honda Acura is, is, is a mixed bag, and I think we need to talk about that, too, because they've got some really interesting, cool models, and then there's a couple models that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. So I think we should cover all of that and uh, talk about the whole, basically everything they build. But first, I just want to give a shout-out and a thank you to our Patreon uh, supporters. If you guys uh, have questions, we will answer them yes. via, actually, video so head on over to patreon.com slash tflcar, and we will uh, answer, to the best of our knowledge, uh, your questions if you have them. And uh, that's basically a way to thank you for your support. It's a funny thing about um, the support we get. We've actually talked to a lot of you guys directly who are Patreon uh, supporters. And one of you, years and years ago, asked me if uh, I had a go-to in terms of, you know, what brand you just simply suggest to get somebody out of your hair like an in-law. And that's a really good question because it happens to me. And I said, well, either Honda or Toyota are the easiest. Why? Because in terms of reliability index, in terms of drivability, they're in many ways some of the easiest cars to recommend. There are others, mind you, but this is one of those where it's just like, yeah, you might want to look at Honda and Toyota. I got to go. You know what I mean? And so it's interesting that we're talking about um, Honda in this particular podcast. So, so Honda does something unique that no, well, very few other manufacturers um, don't do. Do you know what that is? They do not sell the fleets. Exactly. Yep. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And, they're very proud of that fact. They are proud of that fact. And so if you look at their sales numbers, yes, they're, they're usually a be- little bit below Toyota, but Toyota sells the fleets and Honda doesn't. And that, in balance, changes things a little bit. Also, Honda uses a different type of tech than Toyota. I, don't, I hate lumping them together, even though I find them to be the two most competitive brands, because they almost have every vehicle compete against each other, if you look at it like a diagram. You know, if you look at, say, the sure. the Accord and yeah, what yeah. it goes against, yeah. which would be the Camry. I mean, just they're right there. And it's really interesting because I think it forces both companies to fight a harder, better game, right? All the boats float the more water you add. So you know what I mean by that, right, guys? I haven't had enough caffeine yet. But anyway, that's what I meant. A and rising so, tide raises all, all the boats. boats. Yeah. yeah. So let's start with uh, the car that I just is freshest in my mind yeah. uh, that I just went and drove, which is the new Honda Accord. You know, it's an 11th generation, if I remember right. That sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy huge. <laughs> it's so big compared to where it started. And, and they got rid of the six-cylinder, and they got rid of the manual. Yeah. Uh, so now there's only two variants. Uh, there's a, a two-point, oh gosh, I forget exactly, but there's a turbo and a four-cylinder turbo, turbo and a four-cylinder hybrid. That's yes. all. Both paired to, well, oh God, this is another thing I got in a lot of trouble. So uh, the hybrid has an eCVT. Right. They don't, they don't even call it a CVT. It's like a planetary gear set. It, it is, and, 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 it, and it works. It's very interesting because it actually can go to a one-to-one ratio at a certain point when you're at highway speeds, which is like super, super economical. The thing is remarkably economical and has pretty good power. Yeah, I want to say uh, in the 40s, 
mm-hmm. MPG. Oh, yeah. uh, but the thing I, I'm going to say about, you know, at the end of the day, whether you call it a planetary gear set, an ECVT, right? And, and these are very complicated transmissions. If it drives like a CVT, you know, if it moves like a duck and it, you know, quacks like a duck, it's still a duck. And, and, and unfortunately, when I drove that, in my mind at least, it felt very artificial. Unless it's a goose, because they sound like ducks sometimes. So here's the important part about that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not. I don't want to be critical because I'm sure if you're not an enthusiast, you'll be fine with it. Yeah. Because it gives you incredible fuel economy, but it didn't like you know didn't didn't blow me away. I'm a little bummed because I I was really hoping that Honda would have some sort of hot blooded you know, hardcore turbo that put out over 300 horsepower and was like, you know, real badass, maybe with a manual or a dual clutch or something. That hasn't happened yet. Honda's really good about doing sports packages, although... Who, 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 I think there are only like a, what, four companies now that sell these mid-sized sedans? So there's Honda, right? Oh, actually, there's a lot more. All right, right, let's go through. Well, there's... Honda? Are you talking about luxury as well? No, no, I'm just talking... I'm just not, Not luxury, I'm talking about, you know... Every man. Okay, because right? non luxury. Like, for instance, real quick, the Toyota Camry, obviously right. one of the best right. sellers in the class, its brother is the uh, Lexus ES. Right, right. But let's talk about just, just this, yeah. this. So you uh, got Accord, you got Camry, you've got, um, what's, what's the Chevy? Is it Malibu? Or yeah, and it's still being built, Malibu. Malibu. Ford no longer builds cars. What except else is the Mustang. there? Oh, there's plenty more because Hyundai has the Sonata. Going away. Sonata's. Yeah, yeah they're going away. And then the Kia. Um, going away. Is that also going go away? Yeah. Okay. Um, but they're still here now. They're still here now. They're currently 2023 but, models right. are still being built. So I'm just talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think both those are going away. Yeah. Uh, but they're still here now. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, they are. They're they're for sale. You can but once upon a time, this segment was like 14 cars deep, right? Mazda six still being built. It, they'll have a new version of it coming out soon too. Um, Ford Fusion, not being built because it's Ford. Yeah. Ford doesn't build cars anymore except for Mustang. Exactly. Yeah. But they all, you know, the thinking, at least that Honda will tell you, is as everybody is walking away from that segment, right, because people aren't buying sedans, it leaves more space for them, right? So while the pie might be getting smaller, um, you know, their segment of that pie is getting bigger. In 2022, those midsize sedans were, were nearly a million sold combined. Yeah. So but, there's but, still plenty out there that are being bought, but it's not where it was where... Seven million were being bought per year. But you know the most I mean? popular cars in America now yeah, are crossover. Rav Four, CRV, mm-hmm. right? It's it's we're talking, I think, four hundred thousand units annually, give or take. Yeah, yeah. I, and we're talking, last year was a bit of a dip for a lot of companies, and, but and, mostly. Yeah, and I think we're talking like half that for the sedans or less. Yes, but there's still. I mean, you're saying half that in terms of where they were, but they're still represent. A huge chunk of their sales. So anyway, I did the video. I had the uh, current one with the new one. I put them up next to each other. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, and you can see that at all TFL, one of the things that I liked is that the new one looks um, very, um, very sleek. Very, I think it looks very modern. Man- I think it looks manly. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it looks a little less effeminate. The last People one. People say it looks like a Taurus. That's what, that's what the comments were. Sure, a little like maybe from the front, a little tiny bit, but I and uh, I I think it 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 has a pretty athletic look to it. I'd love to see it with more athletic uh, rubber and wheels. That'd look cool. I think um, my favorite nephew-in-law mm-hmm. with my favorite niece bought the last year's model of the Honda Accord Hybrid top line model. He adores it. He lives in Orange County. Drives about hundred miles a week. 
And, and speaking of that, mm-hmm. Honda got rid of all their base, most of their base models too. You know that, mm-hmm. right? So, so no longer do you have the entry level. There are a few cars where you know, the Civic, I think, still has an entry level model. And I think the um, HRV might, might have one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll we'll get to those in just a minute. Anyway, so so doesn't, but, doesn't the HRV kind of look like a stunned prairie dog, like a spook? I, I want to talk about that because okay. that's that's one of the vehicles that's kind of left me a little flat. And we'll right. get to that in a minute. Now I, I reviewed it several times. Um, but let's let's back up a little bit. Let's okay. start with with first of all what Honda is in the United States. Honda is uh, in the top five in terms of sales with almost everything they build, and their sales numbers even through the whole COVID thing have been pretty damn strong. Yes, there've been drops and they've had some slowdowns, but for the most part, Hondas looked really strong. Now let's go first start on their cars, and then we'll move to their light duty trucks. They like to call them, which are basically crossovers, including their pickup. They have the Honda Civic. Honda Civic was recently significantly redone, uh, basically brand, brand new car. And they went from the regular Civic, the Civic Si, and then recently the Civic R. And the fact is, they're one of the most powerful front-wheel drive cars out there, and they can compete with an awful lot of rear-drive sports cars. Not just the R, the Si, I believe, is, is good enough to actually compete with an awful lot of those cars as well, especially in terms of So cornering. here's a funny thing. I just uh, drove the Civic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's probably the same size as an Accord was from two generations ago. Exactly. It's gotten really big. It's gotten really big, and the Accord has gotten bigger. And, and of course, that one, you can still have a manual. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, thank God. Or only a manual if you're talking about the Type R, which is ballsy, by the way. Yes, To yes. only offer a manual in the Type R. Uh, but But... That, I think that's a brilliant strategy because it makes it a little bit easier for them to produce it and a little bit less expensive to have two different transmissions. All right, let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, and you have, I've driven both these. You haven't had the choice to drive both of them. You have driven one, I think. I drove the SI. Okay, so Type R or GR Corolla? Mm. And I think for me it's easy because... Well, the GR Corolla, for so many reasons... All-wheel but, drive but, but for Colorado. The, but the price difference is significantly different. They're not, they're not even close. Um, so here's a funny thing. I, I figured out uh, when I was on the Accord event that a lot of our either journalist friends or influencers have actually bought the Type R, that they have gone out and gotten it ahead of the GR Corolla. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think that it is dynamic, a little bit more interesting. They like the interior better because the GR Corolla, uh, let's face it, it's, it's a, a, it's a Corolla it's interior. A Corolla. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and, um, you know, they're both, I think at least they were last time I checked, selling over stickers. So mm-hmm. Oh, way over stickers. So that, that's not really You're not going to be able to get one for another two years at this point. I mean, you're, you're not. Even if you are a journalist, Toyota's going to be like, sorry, they're, they're all spoken for. I mean, the Honda's got that beautiful red interior, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, nicer interior, I Nicer think. interior. Uh, it also, I think, maybe dynamically is a little bit more uh, buttoned down on the racetrack. I don't know. I drove the GR Corolla on the racetrack, but we had such a short little stint that it, it didn't really tell you much, and they didn't let me take it on the lo- on the road, so I don't know what it's yeah. like on the road. But I have driven the the Type R on the road, and it's very good. The previous Type R was one of my favorite front wheel drive cars, and one of my biggest issues with it was its boy racer looks. I couldn't and, and, stand all the wings and everything and on it. Seat, huh? And the seat, huh? And the seat, yeah, the seat hurt because I'd had to lunge my shoulders forward and then suck my fat in yeah, as much as possible. Paul of it. Oh, Paul loved it. Are you kidding me? That little yeah. guy just gets in there and he's like, yeah, it's, it's a race me. car driver seat. Well, it is a race car driver seat. The but newer one has a little bit more comfortable seat, so I've heard. Which which is crazy. So you got this race car driver, and the new one's a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But you still have four doors in a back seat now. Yes. <laughs> but but you st- with the Corolla, you do have the option of having a pretty 
comfortable car, fairly comfortable, very small back seat. And, there, and do you think say. like the engineers call each other and say, okay, guys, we're going to do three exhausts. Are you going to do three exhausts? Because if you're not doing them, we're not doing them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they both went with, uh, the Corolla makes sense, right? That's a three-cylinder. Mm -hmm. But the, the, well, the Honda is a whole different thing. The, the center thing is not really exhaust. It's like a resonator thing. But there's three like. holes, three yeah. pipes that come out the back. Three holes, that's the way it goes. So, <laughs> um, I look, I Some cannot. Some would say one too many. Welcome to TFL After Dark, <laughs> and welcome Roman and his naughty thoughts. This is what happens when you are deep in your 50s. So here's the important thing that you should know about both cars. I haven't driven either the, the R or the Corolla. You, so let's talk about the regular so, Civic. But, so it's, so I, but the regular Civic yeah. compared to the regular Corolla, yes, I would choose the Civic manual over the Corolla manual yeah, that, equivalent is it, is it any one, day. Is 1.5 liter, right? That little, the little turbo? turbo? Yeah. Is it 1.6? I always messed it up. No, 1.4. I don't, I don't know. You guys it's, correct us wrong. Yeah, I, it's it, in that neighborhood. It, it's a really, really. I'm gonna I think it's a perky, spicy. Yeah, perky it's, little, it's a perky little. I engine. loved the SI. I know Paul didn't wasn't thrilled with it, but when I drove the SI, I had a blast. I could not stop smiling, and it got good mileage. And it was like an everyday driver. Really, the only issue I had with it was the interior was kind of bleh, and just didn't really have like a, a premium feel to it at all. So, so I, I, if you're gonna mention the SI, I gotta bring up the Integra. Did you drive? But it? that's the whole point. Is yeah. Yeah, I drove. I didn't drive the. Which, by the, the way, for you, for you guys who don't know, they, they basically share the same chassis and the same powertrain. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, and this is why I'm really happy about Except it. It becomes an automatic. You it's, can get an automatic. In the Integra. Right. Oh, it's a CVT. Yeah. Versus um, the the SI only comes in a manual. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the interior on the Integra is quite nice. It's and much nicer. Yeah, yeah, much, much nicer. So it's a much more comfortable, nicer car, yet you get almost the same type of um, performance. It's a little heavier, so I think that it might might be a little bit more wallowy around the corners. I have not driven that car, by the way. I've um, driven the, um, the its baby brother, so to speak, the regular CVT with the regular powertrain. It was, perfect. It was fine. It was fine. It was like a Civic, but really, really nice. And I think it's a great entry-level car. But let's go back to the Civic and finish it up because we got to keep moving. There's a lot of cars we got to cover. Yeah, um, and truck, <laughs> and, 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 and sort of. Um, so the Civic itself is one of the best-selling cars in its segment, and it's right there with the Corolla. Once again, head-to-head -head with Toyota. There are. There's always room for improvement. I really do wish they would bring back the coupe, but I understand why they didn't. Um, it's just nobody was buying them. Nobody bought the coupe. Right. Yeah, so I was reading the comments about people bemoaning the fact that there's no longer a six-cylinder or a manual, and I thought to myself, you know, and this is this is obvious, but they're going to build what you guys buy. Pretty much. And if, if you're not buying it, they're not going to build it. There might be a little uh, issue there where dealers might not be ordering them because, you know, so, I mean, that's skewed, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not, the, the manufacturer isn't selling directly to the, Customer, they're selling to the realtor. So, I mean, not the realtor, the, the dealers. So maybe the dealers aren't ordering the manuals, and maybe that kind of skews the thinking of the manufacturer. But I think they probably know more than we do about their customer base. I would agree. Now, let's move on to the Insight, which is no longer being produced. Honda did discontinue that vehicle. And it's kind of a shame because it was right around the time they made it much more attractive and a little bit better car. And it's just, once again, nobody really bought them. Uh, it makes sense because... Honda has a hybrid powertrain in a very efficient car, and that would be the Accord you just drove. So, so here's the thing, right? The 
Acura is skipping the hybrid version and they're going right to electric. That's what they've announced. Mm -hmm. Whereas Honda, except for one vehicle, is going all hybrid. Yeah, and we'll talk about the electric vehicles in just a sec. Yep. Getting through Honda, though, so we already talked about the Accord, so you guys basically know what's going on. And yes, we do bemoan the fact that there's no more manual option on a sport package. But once again, nobody's so here's, buying here's it. Here's the thing I loved about the Accord when I drove it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like an old friend. You just fall into conversation with it, right? You, you, you sit down behind the wheel, and now that they've brought back the volume knob, and they've brought <laughs> back you know, a pretty reasonable like, way to shift the thing, it's just, you know, it's got a little lever instead of those oh, buttons. Oh, instead of the buttons. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah, and it just, it just you know, and everything just kind of falls to hand, and you just feel really comfortable, and it just, it's just a very um, easy car to drive. And there's a lot to say for that, you know, when you get in, like, a Rivian, and you, you can't figure out how to adjust a seat, right? <laughs> no, Seriously, right, yeah. yeah, there's a lot to, to be said for, like, having straight-up, simple, intuitive controls, not reinventing the yoke, wheel, but, but keeping, you know, the, the, the things that have made the vehicle great that has taken 100 years of development to get to. So let's not throw away the baby with the bathwater. Let's keep it. And that's what I think Honda's doing. And I think, uh, I think that's why people like Hondas, because they're just very straightforward. Not only that, but Hondas changed their interior design to a much more, what I, I like to think of as almost like a sleek Lightly sophisticated interior. I love the line that goes across. The honeycomb, like yes, that, yeah. and the honeycomb. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of cars built in the late '60s that were, you know, Lincolns and whatnot that had like a really slick-looking interiors and components. I thought I'm not saying it was a Lincoln, but I'm saying it just kind of reminds me of that nostalgic, cool, almost Bauhaus design. I, you know, you guys can interpret it any way wow, you want. Bauhaus. Yeah, not the rock group, but the oh, yeah, uh, actual. Yeah, we're getting very uppity. Anyway, so let's move. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's move on to that's basically this, it for the cars. This, this, this sounds like uh, uh, what um, uh, Spike's car radio when he gets him and Jerry. Have you watched that? Have you listened to the podcast? I have listened. They, to the they podcast. get really deep into Porsches and uh, like Rolexes. Yes, it gets a little two things that I wish I knew more about, but I just have no <laughs> it access. It's a little, to. little. Uh, I don't want to say for yeah. I'll say it, it can get pretentious at times. You know, I have a Rolex. Yeah. Left, left, my, my, it left over my dad's will. He left it to me. Yeah. Turns out it's fake. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, totally, it's a giant be worth stock. It would be worth a lot of money. It, it, yeah, it's worth like eight bucks, I guess, yeah. if I'm lucky. Um, anyway, let's go back to uh, Honda products. So let's move back down now to the crossovers. Now, Honda's crossover segment is their biggest segment. It is their biggest selling segment. And it is the most, in terms of their, if you look at their um, stable, the most amount of vehicles they build are SUVs crossovers. Okay, that's that's really what they built. Think about it, because they have the HRV, the CRV, the Pilot, and of course so, the so, Passport. So now I feel bad. I, I didn't mean to call that. I, I love that podcast. It's a good podcast. So I don't want to call it pretentious. It, it can get pretentious. In in general, it's funny. The guys have great chemistry. I think I, they have wonderful chemistry, and I really enjoy it. So, Spike, if you're listening to this, I know your sister Beth. <laughs> Please don't get angry at me. It was just it, it can kind of slide into that sometimes, but for the most part, it's a great podcast, and I really enjoy it. I'm a huge fan. At Roman's advanced age, things just seem to fall out of his mouth sometimes. Yes, they do. Forgive him. And, yeah. you know, we are going to put him into a home soon. <laughs> so anyway, going back to this, the Honda HRV is, out of all the Hondas out there, I think my biggest disappointment. And it's not a bad car at that. It's just not as good as I think it should have been. And I tested it um, over in Oregon, I think. Uh, was that Oregon? or well, Anyway, towards West Coast. Uh, tested it in the mountains there. Took it off-road lightly. Drove it over here. 
it gets decent mileage. It it's it doesn't look great. I don't think um, the the first one was kind of unique and spunky, and it had a unique interior that followed the Honda Fit, which the platform was based on. Yeah, that's a that's one. Uh, I really miss. Mm-hmm. My mom has a first generation. I was just in Florida what helping, helping her. What a great little car. Yeah. Even the second gen was great. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, you know, that magic seat where you could lift the bottom of the seat up. And, Which is what yeah. the HRV used to have yep. on the old platform. And it was great. I don't know why could, they got rid of that. Well, because they changed the platform. So yeah. the new platform is based but, but on. Why can't you keep that seat? Be, well, because the way the platform is designed, and they, they pointed this out to me because I yelled at them. The way the seat in the lower section is, where the gas tank's lo- located. Remember, the gas tank was located under the driver's seat. Oh, so in they moved the, the gas tank. That makes right, sense. they moved it, and they for safety and for other reasons, I'm sure. So it's odd because the new HRV is a larger vehicle, so it has more comfort hold, physically. Hold that thought. We got to go and just help pay for this podcast. Let's pay the bills. All right, you were saying yes. Okay, so the HRV is a larger vehicle physically, but. It's odd because it doesn't feel like it has any more real storage. More importantly, it's not as efficient as the vehicle it replaces, which is really weird for Honda. I think it got one MPG less. It's something around that, yeah. one, one or two, yeah. depending on the model. But the point is is that it, it, it's odd, I think, that when you have replace a model in today's world, that you're actually lowering the overall MPG as opposed to making it better. And then the other part about it is that... Um, there's very few options available. You can get front-wheel drive and all-wheel drive. The all-wheel drive system works quite well for regular stuff. But it, didn't Tommy, work when, it didn't work when Tommy took it on the slip test. It exactly. Struggled, yeah. It struggled big time on the slip test. And that slip test is the hardest test you can possibly put a vehicle through. But so did the Taos. You know, that's, that's the same a, a class. A lot of other, well, even yeah. the uh, the uh, Toyota Corolla Cross had a real hard time with that. Yeah, the, the little guys. Yeah, Tommy tortures cars. You guys don't realize how mean he can be, which is awesome. But the point I'm getting at is that I, I, the charm of the original HRV was lost with this new one. It's just kind of a plain Jane car, but it's a perfectly adequate car. I think, I think they went uh, conservative and safe. Which I, I, I'm kind of bummed about. And, and wasn't that weird? Honda kind of does that, right? They kind of vacillate between like, like the Type R is a perfect example yeah, of that. Or it's Civic. hair on fire punk rock. Or... Or like, you know... The HRV, which is... Or like chill music and Barry Manilow, right? It, it, it kind of... You don't have to make fun of yourself. I'm the guy who does the self-deprecating humor. You don't have to... Don't, don't, don't hurt the but Barry. But they do. They kind of they go, you know, they like they like come out, you know, with, like you said, you know, the, 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 the guitar like... Yeah. <laughs> screaming with the SI and the, and the R. And then, and then, then the next you generation. have this, which is, you know, Burt Bacharach or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the piano. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and... What's up, Pussycat? You know you wrote that? Yes, I do. That's uh, the Tom Jones song. Uh, he sang it, but it was written by Brad Backrack. Yeah, yeah, he wrote that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, we're not going to talk about your high school right now, though. We're <laughs> that not going my, into that. Into <laughs> Tom Jones. Yeah. Guy. That was so <laughs> my, my mom's generation. Of course. Um, so the more important part here is that it's still a decent car. It's just not as good as I think Honda could do. And Honda, let's do better. Okay. So let's move on to the next car. Their biggest seller. By the way, I, I said saying it. He wrote it. Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach I wrote watched it the, Time jo- Tom yeah. Jones sang it. Yeah, I, I watched the documentary and all the songs you, he wrote. Right. Oh, my God, that guy. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. You really should watch. There's better documentaries out there. Like no, he's, the guy was incredible. Oh, he was like he, he was like relevant for like four decades. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. Well, incredible. you know, the, um, Barry Manilow wrote a McDonald's commercial that made him a ton of money and really? a lot of other commercials. Yes. Why not? Your hero wrote some really good music. Okay, so let's move on because the Honda CRV 
is one of the biggest selling, not only the biggest selling vehicles that Honda builds, but one of the biggest selling vehicles, also, period. Also new. And it's recently, it's mm-hmm. completely new. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, as a non-pickup, pickups outsell anything right now in the United States. But if you look at the rest of the list. Yeah, it's like RAV4, CRV. Exactly. Or They're they, right they there. Fight for, yeah, they, they, fight, fight. they fight for the most popular yeah. car in And America. for good reason. It, it, the size is right. The price is right. Yep. The economy is right. They are utilitarian, you know, the whole thing. And Honda came into this program years and years and years ago. And the CRV, actually, the original CRV is the same size as the current HRV. So once again, they just made this thing huge. Um, so I just drove and did a video. You can go to alltfl.com and check it out. Um, driving it around, plus uh, our guys have seen it and gone around it. And it's a mix. Mostly good, a little bit of bad. So w- what's the bad? I like? don't like the handling. Hmm. I thought the old other one, the previous model, seemed to be a little bit lighter on its it was toes. A tight, it was a little tighter, a little bit more sporty, right? The, it felt like the, it, yeah. yeah the, the new one's a little bit more utilitarian, a little bit more practical. But it just feels heavier to yeah. that hand. Um, but it's not bad. You know, when I was on the program for that one, mm-hmm. they rolled out the very first gen- generation. Yeah, that, with, with, oh yeah, with the tire on the door. And yeah, everything it, else. it was. They had one that was pristine, and it had like two hundred thousand miles on it. And it was my uh, my mom had that, or my my stepdad. I forget. They they had that. That one was super underpowered. But here's oh. something interesting I learned. Mm. Uh, you can walk through that car to the back seat. Right. Yeah, There's the, no like the first and second generation. You could do that. You know why that is? Well, because. Um, I asked him, I said, why is there like a walkthrough? And there's an interesting reason for that. And you'll be surprised by this, Nathan. To get to the baby? No, apparently Japanese, when they go from the front row to the second row or third row, they don't go outside of the car. They go through the car. So Japanese, their custom is if you want to go from the second row, I mean, from the first row to the second row, you won't open the door and go out and close it and open the second row door. You'll go through. And that's why they have that walkthrough. That's because they're not big fat Americans. Yeah, or, or maybe they live There's in no Tokyo and it's, it's like very tight, it right? You can't open the doors or something. I don't know. So the second, or maybe gen- it's just like that's what they do. So the second generation CRV was yeah. one of the earliest programs I went uh, as a young journalist. Yeah. young, <laughs> and they have a tray in the center that drops down exactly. so you can get through. And they mentioned that, but they didn't say specifically for Japanese. They're like, so you can get through. Is what, the way they what put was it. And what I, was I so unique about the first gen? You'll know this. Oh, There's something in the back. Oh, the table. Yeah, it had a little picnic table. Yeah, yeah, it has. So the lower section would pop out of the CRV, and you could use it as a picnic table. It was a hard plastic, pretty good picnic table. Picnic it table. Had little legs that came out. Yeah. And, yeah. So you could sit on the tailgate, basically, use that as a seat, and then uh, just have this picnic table and go out for a family picnic. And you could store stuff underneath it a little bit. And it had these little hangers for your grocery mm-hmm. as well. So you it was one hang. of the earliest vehicles to do that. Uh, yeah. Other vehicles still. I mean, a lot of people still do that. Um, the second generation, and by the way, the first and second gen, and I believe early third gens had auto, uh, manual transmission options, and they were all automatics, leading up to, I believe, the later third and then fourth gen, which all became CVTs across the board. And the first two generations had the opening swing door, which had its benefits, but also its detractors, especially if you had a tight parking space and somebody was right behind you. But after that, they got rid of it, flip up tailgate, and almost everybody does that now. So I'm going to jump to the Civic again because my mom had the f- she had the Civic station wagon that was all wheel drive. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, it yeah, was the a tall one. Yeah, it was brown. Those were brilliant. To- Toyota made a version of that too, right? Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I had so much fun in that in the winter because what it would do is it had this viscous coupling. So it was a front wheel drive car until the front wheels started to slip, and then 
the, the viscous fluid would harden. It would send, you know, torque and power to the rear wheels. Yep. Which seems like a good idea, but it isn't. Because what ends up happening is you're going around a corner and all of a sudden you're on snow-covered roads and you come out of the corner so you floor it. And what you're doing is you're braking traction because it's sending power to the rear wheels and the thing just wants to do a 180. And once you figure that out, I was like, I was like doing like J turns, you know, yeah. Scandinavian flick turns with that thing, because you, you'd come around a turn in the snow, you'd floor it, and then the back wheels would start to spin, you'd lose traction, you give it full counter steer, and then you were like skidding, yeah, you know, or drifting, or drifting yeah. in the snow around the corner. So the Toyota and, and also Subaru had a push button version, okay, and that made it a lot easier because you just push button, boom, you get it when you need it, as opposed to when the vehicle thinks you need it, and they both have their benefits. The Honda version is much more compact, lighter, too, from what I understood. The one that was in the Toyota was very complex, but well-built, so it was really... I mean, they still have these things running around. They're falling apart because they're covered in rust. Yeah, they but are. I still see them, like, at ski chalets and stuff, which is awesome. Um, you can, you can, every was, so often you can find one, but it's been used and abused. And some people restore them, and it, they're usually red with white wheels. Um, have you owned a Honda? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple of Hondas. What have you had? I've had three Hondas. Okay, what have you had? I had the... Um, CRX, yep. the I version, which had, I think, 50 horsepower. I had the, the SI. I know you did because you, you, you're the cool guy, and I was the economical bastard. And but I, I got really, really good mileage. The HF. Yeah, HF. Yeah, yeah, that was. The but HF. I think it was also known as an I in there too. Okay. Um, then I had a Honda Prelude. Okay. For not too long, but it had the four wheel steering. I had uh, a Prelude, too. Did you? Yeah, I bought it, and I tried to flip it. Uh, it didn't do so well, because when I bought it, I didn't realize that it had been, you know, typical story. It had been Actually, what had happened was, apparently, the guy dropped a basketball on it, mm -hmm. and it completely, uh, like, cracked all the paint on the hood, and then he did a shitty job repainting it. Sorry and, about and, that. And the person I tried to sell it to, like, like looked at that, and like, what the hell happened on the hood? And I called the guy, and he goes, oh, I forgot to tell you, I dropped a basketball. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Oops. Yeah. But that was a fun car. Yeah, yeah, really, really yeah. fun little car. Two-door, mm -hmm. um, the Ford, basically. Yeah, uh, I gave it to my ex, ex, ex-girlfriend, yeah. and uh, she crashed it immediately. Uh, that was in Los Angeles, long time ago. And then uh, you remember the, my last Honda product, which was my Acura. I had the first-generation uh, MDX. Remember yeah. that gold one? I remember the gold I one. I really liked that one. It was the most comfortable thing I'd ever driven that I owned. Uh, I bought it used. I needed a temporary vehicle to kind of go between two vehicles, so to speak, and I needed something with good all-wheel drive. <laughs> the irony was the all-wheel drive system completely took a crap, so it was just a really heavy front-wheel drive. As one big does. Big V6, yeah. Um, but it was really good. So I've had uh, some Honda experience, but with old Honda products. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, in fact, almost every single friend I've had uh, over the years, living when I lived in the West Coast, had some sort of Honda product as well uh, at some point. I think in everybody life. has had a Honda. Yeah. At some yeah. point. Yeah. At least if you get to our age, you probably had a Honda. It's just because it's like, like I said, like an old friend. All right, shall we move on? Yes, let's move on. So after the CRV, and by the way, the CRV is available naturally as well, not naturally, I'm sorry, a turbo and also the hybrid. See, they're um, hybridizing everything. Well, yeah, Except it makes for the sense. R. Because they do a really, really good hybrid system mm -hmm. that's really efficient and has proven to be robust. Like, it lasts a long time, which is good. I know some people are iffy about the small, uh, low, I got it, we yeah. got back. Kind of following in the footsteps of Toyota, right? They're right. Um, and also, I, I, there have been a lot of doubts about the CBT. The so, CBT so that Honda uses seems to be pretty solid. Here, speaking of hybrids, here's another interesting bit of trivia. I am just Mr. Trivia today, sorry. Mm. Who was the first with a hybrid vehicle in America? People get this wrong. 
Uh, I would say Honda. It was was the Insight. Yes, the Insight. The, the manual. People think it's a Prius, but it was that first uh, Cockroachino with. You know, it looked like a um, what you call it? A, a, one of the CRX. It had a same yeah, profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had the, and it had the little you know covers on the rear wheels. I liked it. it we bought one and it was full of cat pee, so we sold well, it immediately. Well, that that car had a, just a poor two hundred. Well, yeah. yeah, it and was he, it was beaten. Anyway, that that one came in first. Mm -hmm. Before the Prius. People yes, always it think it's the Prius, but no, it was actually well, the, the inside. But the Prius immediately started selling, though. Because I mean, it, it was yeah, a little more it was, people. Yeah, and it, it was a four-seater. and Yeah, yeah it wasn't, didn't really have, goofy looking at first. The first-gen Prius here in the States was not a pretty car. second one looked a little bit better. That was actually the second gen. The first gen was in Japan. Oh, in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm talking about here yeah. in the States. Yeah. yeah. We never got the first gen. And then, of course, the, the, um, the Honda became the Insight, the mm. bigger one. Yeah. And that one... Uh, was not good. No, the second well, generation inside. It wasn't brilliant. No. No. They, I remember they had to like. I think if you they were giving away iPads. a promotion. Yeah. Exactly. You get a free iPad if you get the car yeah, or whatever. One of Tommy's teachers bought the car because he wanted an iPad. <laughs> I guess it worked. It it worked. Um, it's rare that Honda builds a car that just absolutely nobody wants. That was one of them. Now let's move up to now what has been completely redone, and I think is a bigger story because it's way more interesting. Once again, wasn't. The CRV is perfectly good, but the Honda Pilot and the Honda Passport, they got something that we dig, and that is off-road versions of their crossovers. Yeah, the Trail Sport. And uh, we have uh, spy photos, actually, of, uh, of a Ridgeline Trail Sport, I think, as well. I think that's Ooh. also coming. So Andre's, Andre's going to publish that story. Mm -hmm. But l let's talk about uh, what we got up on the screen there. Okay, so what's uh, that handsome devil is Case. Uh, Case. Case is our go-to guy for just about everything, including motorcycles, but he went to this Honda event as well, and it was cool because normally it would be a family person like Roman or I, you know, people who have kids, Andre even, but Case's perspective was very different. What and was he, it? Huh? What was his perspective? His perspective was he didn't find it to be as scintillating and as interesting as I did. So we, we actually, with the trail sport, right, we actually, the pilot trail sport, right, we mm -hmm. actually had three, Tommy went and took it off-road. Yes. And he but just. He, he did it in, in an early version. Yeah. yeah. He said it was, you know, they, they took it up some really serious trails. They, they didn't pull their punches. No, they, they really worked it. Then I went to the uh, unveiling, uh, and right. then Case went to the first drive. Mm -hmm. But the first drive wasn't as harsh on the vehicle. They Which I think bored Case a little bit. Yeah, because when Tommy went, they had, like, engineers who were actually, like trying to sort yeah. it out, and the Let's cool thing about that vehicle is it's got a skid plate. Yes, uh, it's so, so it's it's more than just an appearance package, right? Like a lot of the manufacturers now understand that people want lifestyle vehicles so you know let's throw some fender flares on it maybe in a beefier looking tire, tire or yeah wheel. and call it good but actually honda actually engineered it to be off-roady so skid plates with a recovery hook mm -hmm. uh you know, real off-road tires, real ATVs, not yeah. like fake ones where it's got like the mountain scape on the outside. But you the could air them down if necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and there's a little bit of a lift. A little bit of a lift. And, of course, you know, an off-road mode. Yes. And the off-road mode, um, the IVTM4 and IVTM systems that they have are outstanding. And I know this because I drove its baby brother which didn't have the, as good as tires, by the way. It had the, what I think are crappier tires, the Firestones. We'll get to that in a minute. And that would be the Passport. And Passport essentially is a Pilot, which is a little bit smaller, but it's the same platform, same powertrain. And I took that on some mildly difficult off-road courses in the desert, actually by um, Salton Sea. So 
that area was pretty hard on a vehicle that has very little grip. These new tires have a lot more grip, and I'm hoping they will find their way onto the Passport very soon. And then they also took the orange stitching and put it on the inside. Yeah, which looks know, really cool. It really looks cool. But my favorite thing, I knew they were serious when I looked underneath, and there was this funky recovery hook that was like built into the front skid plate, which mm-hmm. was a real skid plate. It wasn't like a piece of plastic that was there for decoration. Right. Uh, if, if, you, if you can't see this, if you're listening to this, but the approach angle is still, you know, it, it's a road it, road approach angle. But They have to have aerodynamics in order yeah. to make this thing, you know, compliant with cafe numbers. And, and, and the other cool thing about that car is you can take the middle seat out in the back row mm-hmm. uh, and then stow it. Uh, behind the second row. So there's like a little cubby that that middle seat sits it in. It can actually slide into yeah, it. Yeah, so if you want like yeah. captain's chairs, so you can get to the third row, right, then mm-hmm. you can pull that thing out. It's kind of interesting. It's Which, heavy and cumbersome. Way, in trivia, yeah. that's so the Japanese can actually get to the third row. <laughs> Is it really? That's what I hear. I, oh, wow, I wonder where you heard that. <laughs> but but also being able to remove it as, as a father with kids, I, I did having a t- the captain's chairs. I did chairs. a TikTok with that, uh-huh. and I did like three takes. And by the third take, I was really out of breath. And the reason the TikTok got like a million views is because everybody thought I was fat and out of shape. <laughs> but it had been God. like my third try at it. And I was, by that point, I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this again. Did you, anyone see the third row? No, I just I just took it out and then walked it around and uh, put it in its little cubby hole. I, oh, do you think oh, people yeah. actually like like ever do that? Or you think I, would, just, I would personally. Yeah. But I, I, I know I'm one of those guys who will do something because I know it's there and I should do it. Uh, I think n- probably 80% of the people won't do it. I think most people will pull it out if they don't and, want it. And just leave it in there. But they'll or leave it in, it in there. The garage. But you know what I would do is I would leave it in the in its cubby yeah. until I needed it. Yeah. And, you know, realistically, and I've, I've filled three-row SUVs before. I have a fairly good-sized family that comes in from out of town. Shove them in there. Oh, I got an extra seat. Let me put that in there. Yay. Now you're all stuck listening to my music, suckers. Sorry. Thanksgiving isn't long enough ago. Anyway, um, so it's coming up again. <laughs> You're halfway around, though. I know we're almost. Yeah. Um, so okay, we've covered that. And by the way, both the pilot and the passport have been significantly updated, if not all new in many ways. Although the powertrains pretty much are the same, really beefy V6s. Surprisingly, no offerings of hybrids, plug-in hybrids, anything like that. Which is weird because a lot of competitors are doing that. I think it's coming. I think it's coming, but Honda's falling behind. Nobody. A lot of other people are doing it. Anyway, I like the car, especially in that like. If you I, that see, the color looks awesome. Like, yeah, it's it? like a like a horizon blue. It's beautiful. It's a golf blue in my book. Yeah, yeah. or a Barcelona blue, depending on the manufacturer. It's really good looking, uh, and uh, I kind of wish we get. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get it. And we can actually take it off road because I really want to take it into the mountains. I want to put yeah. it on uh, through Andre's pit and maybe even have it gently caress Nathan's crack. So um, let's let's skip uh, to the truck. Yes. So the Honda Ridgeline, mm-hmm. one of our favorites, yep. by the way. Yep. The Honda Ridgeline is really unique. It is based on it, a similar platform. It's actually selling really well, too. Oh, they, they, they've been ma- not only have they maintained their sales numbers, in many cases they've overtaken other sales numbers. So It's not quite Tacoma levels. but No, but it's... I, I want to say 60000 a year. It, I, it's, I, I, it's these numbers average stick Average about five or 6000 a month, it, okay. it, it, but it hasn't moved too much. It's gone up a little bit, but it hasn't really dropped. Despite COVID and all that other stuff, they managed to keep selling them. As a matter of fact, I tried to buy one. And completely being transparent here, I actually contacted the um, Honda themselves. And they said, no rigid line for you. <laughs> they did. Um, and they weren't mean about it because normally what you can do is if they have a vehicle that you've actually yeah, driven. But, but and this was during COVID whole, yes. and they didn't have cars And so you go trucks. through the whole fleet. I was going to buy a fleet vehicle. Was it the H, what's the? Uh, what's the, the HPD package, HPD but on the Sport. Yeah. So I was going to get the base model. And 
ironic, this is the craziest part. They, they came back and said, yes, we can sell it to you, but it's basically the same exact price as a brand new one. And I'm like, so that one. Too much. <laughs> that one in the sporty package does have some cladding and some funky tires. So I remember Honda was showing me that they basically, on that vehicle, just made the tires look beefy, but the tread pattern was still. It, it, well, they're, they're Firestones, and they're decent tires and, and basic elements and everything else. They're fine. But because the sidewall looks really beefy, some people might be fooled into thinking that you can do real off-roading with them and they'll have grip. But no. we, th we think there's a trail sport coming. So we'll, yeah. Andre's going to do that video. And if you go to AltTFL whenever he publishes, somebody sent us, like I say, spy photos of that. So thank you. We really appreciate when you do that. Yes. Um, hey, before we go, uh, I want to ask you something about uh, new tires you got. So before we discuss that. Ah, yes, please. Uh, let's, let's pay some more bills, huh? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, recently. Oh, I... Hold on. Let's pay the bills. Okay. We're back. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, tell me about the tires on your Santa Cruz. Yes. So, uh, as you guys may have heard, I bought a Santa Cruz uh, almost four months ago, and it came with Kumo tires, which are completely adequate for everything, but they don't do anything particularly well. Right now, we're in a very snowy environment. Okay. I decided right off the bat, these tires have got to go. I need something that has better grip. And I want to try something different. So rather than going, and I can't, mm, going to KO2s, which are always my go-to tires on a truck, this isn't really quite a truck, right? It's more of a crossover. So I contacted uh, BFG and I talked to Grant, our, our main guy here at TFL, and we discussed it. And they have a new tire called the Trail Terrain. Now, the Trail Terrain is a really interesting tire. It's made for crossovers and SUVs, light-duty trucks. And essentially what it is, is one step down from the KO2 in terms of its over-savage capability. Yeah, but, which, which is probably right for that truck. Exactly, but it's actually above the KO2 in terms of its winter uh, rating. It has the three snow peak rating. KO2s that, come with those two. It depends which one uh, you get. Well, th but th this is standard for three snow peak. So tell me so, about it. How is it in the snow? <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, in front of my house, yeah. uh, there's this huge area, which is, uh, seriously, it's, it's almost a quarter of a mile. It's all frozen solid because there's houses and all that shade. It just, you know, with all the snow we've had, it just doesn't melt. It turns to ice. Now, with the Kumos, I would go out and almost every time, Lightly touch the brakes and the car would still do this little slide almost every day. I got used to it to the point where I was doing tank turns. So, yeah, <laughs> seriously, and, you know, because it's like, oh, I'm going to slide. So I put on these um, BFGs and I pull out of my driveway the next day and I hit the brake and it stops. It, it didn't slide. Yeah, that's weird. And I looked out. I actually unrolled my window, looked out to see if everything had melted. And it's like, no, it's all there. It's still ice. Accelerated. Not a slip. It didn't put a wheel wrong. And this was right before a pretty good-sized snowstorm. What did we get? About six inches to a foot, depending yeah, on where you are? Yeah, it was pretty good, yeah. It was pretty deep. The thing didn't care, and I was stunned. I didn't realize how substandard the Kumos were in snow until I got these tires, which absolutely ate up the snow. I It was almost like having snow tires. Uh, they, were, they were that good. So, yes, I got a chance to drive them with that. Uh, economy, I think, may have dropped off by one MPG, which is a small price to pay. But I'll know that when I do a longer video, which is coming up. There's going to be a video coming in from Moab, Utah in a few months where I take it into some sand and test it in that. And by then, it'll be in almost every type of environment. And I think I have a, a solid perspective on those tires. All right. Well, let's go back to Honda. Yes, yes. So... Uh, closing out Honda, of course, we already we talked about the Ridgeline. Ridgeline hasn't had any major changes recently. It is a good, solid seller. One of the things, once again, a little surprised, there are no options when it comes to powertrain or drivetrain. It is what it is, but the thing can tow 5,000 pounds. It holds, I believe, 1,500 pounds. 
it's right up there with a lot of other mid-sized trucks, it's, it's except the, for towing is on the lower side. Like, uh, what I used to say is, if you don't look out the rearview mirror and not see the bed, it drives like an SUV. Yeah. Which is great. It's, it's, it's probably, super It's probably the sportiest of all the mid-sized trucks. It, it'll outhandle just about anything, anything out is. there, yeah. unless you have like a street package on one of those other trucks. Yeah. But in terms of day-to-day driving, it's very easy. My wife wanted one. Uh, that's why I, that was my first choice. The in-bed storage is huge and very usable. The, it's one of the most utilitarian vehicles you can buy. However, if you need to tow or you're serious about going off-road, look elsewhere, right? Anyway, so they managed to maintain the sales of them. There are no changes really for this year. Once again, I'm a little surprised that I haven't heard anything about a hybrid version or anything else, especially considering what the competition is they, out but there. But they are uh, in line for a refresh. It's, oh, big time. Yeah, I it's, think it's it's uh, maybe even an all-new model. It's, and usually when the pilot comes along, then there's a new ridge line. So right. either a refresh or something new should be coming. We, we I would expect within the next two years. That's just, just my gut feeling. All right. Now, let's move on to Acura real quick. Now, Acura, wait, 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 you forgot one. The minivan. Oh, my God, I did. Don't forget the Odyssey. I did. And you know what? Maybe that, that, <laughs> that might forget. be part of the deal right there. Um, <laughs> the Honda Odyssey is, in some ways, is kind of anachronistic in, in its class because it's one of the few minivans remaining that is front-wheel drive with a V6. There's only one other that I can think of off the top of my head that has a V6 and only front-wheel drive. It is the sportiest of all the vans still. Yeah. Um, it's but they've kind of been left in the dust. Like the, the Pacifica now has, is a plug-in hybrid. Plug-in hybrid, or you can get it with all-wheel drive. The, car- the Carnival is, you know. Car- kind of off. It, it kind of has a more off-roady feel. That's the one I was talking about that only has a V6. There's no other options with that one either. Carnival is um, more like, um, uh, the, the, I think they really positioned it to be more of a SUV-ish minivan, they, if they that They tried makes sense. really yeah. hard. And by the way, we have a very successful video that I'm very proud of that uh, we put out on uh, TFL Car. You can also see it on all TFL. And of course, Toyota competes head to head with it. Yes, well, no, more so. Uh, Toyota actually has uh, a front wheel drive and, and all wheel drive, all-wheel but driver. it's standard yeah. with a hybrid system. And it's not as fast or as fun as the Honda, but it's really, really, really efficient. And it makes the Honda look like it's a, just a took, swills gas. We took the Toyota on a track, remember? A long time ago. Oh, that was before the, yeah, yeah. that was back That was like three generate, two generate. That was the SE version. Yeah. And that was, yeah, much. We took, we took a, a minivan on the track. That was actually pretty cool that we got to do that, though. Yeah, it, um, had like, it had like sporty tires and like a little bit of like. They, they changed the uh, steering uh, geometry. Yeah. And I think I, they stiffer suspension, but I'm, I'm not sure. But in terms of Honda, the Odyssey is still king when it comes to sport. So if you need to have a little bit of fun, right now I think the Odyssey is the only game out there for a little bit of fun with a minivan. Otherwise, you're going efficiency with the Toyota or you're going kind of sort of off-roady looking with the Kia. And there's not a lot of other options other than, of course, the Sienna, like we said. Or, or the um, I, I, the Pacifica know, yeah. is the only the, other the option. The biggest problem with the Pacifica is you can either have it as a plug-in hybrid or all-wheel drive with a Pentastar. You can't have both. You, you can't have a hybrid yeah. with a plug-in hybrid, a plug-in hybrid with, which is yeah, just a shame, but also it's the, the, the think, architecture of the vehicle. Yeah, I think you can't put a drive shaft through the battery. For well, and not only that, I, I don't think they can even run an electric motor to the rear wheels like they do with some Toyotas, yes. which they do with the Sienna, because I think they're, they're lacking space because they have the third-row stow-and-go. So it's, it's, it, but I'm not an engineer. I don't know 100% why. But the point is, going back to Honda, the Odyssey really is their sporty van. That's, and it's, it's comfortable. It's roomy. Like, it's, it's roomy. There's, it's perfectly good at I, everything. I think we're down to four, right? That's all there is, four minivans. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's why I keep trying four, to think yeah, about yeah. it. I don't yeah. think there's anything else. 
Uh, well, Volkswagen will have their uh, electric uh, ID bus, yeah. That's going to come in later. Um, okay, so let's move on now to Acura, I think, real quick, and we'll, we'll wrap this up yeah. with Acura products. Yeah. Uh, Acura, Integra. Most, most interesting is Integra. I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the, before you ask about uh, their really super sporty, most awesome, amazing vehicle, which Roman had at one point in time, I believe you drove it on the Autobahn with snow tires. Did you not? What was that? Oh, the NSX. Did you? Didn't you have it? The NSX is going away. Or yeah, that's, away. that's, that's why yeah, I was going to mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Europe, it's a Honda, but here it's a here it's a. <sighs> yeah, the NSX Acura. is gone they, with, the, with the Type S. They they sold out their best version. Yeah, like two hundred, and all of a sudden people like figured out that it was really good. Uh, right, right before Corvette basically did the same thing with the E-Ray, right? Yeah. Where they put two electric motors in the front wheels, uh, and uh, a gas-powered engine in the rear. Is the E-Ray a hybrid? Is it considered a hybrid at all? Uh, it's a hybrid, yeah, just okay. like the NSX. Same just, thing. It's just same type of thing. It, it goes like four miles below 45 on all electricity, just kind of like the NSX. The NSX was, in many ways, way ahead of its time, especially because, yes, there were other, P0 was out and the LaFerrari, but those vehicles were much, 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 much more expensive. This was almost obtainable by humans at one point in time. And they haven't, they haven't come down. They didn't sell, but because they didn't sell, they haven't come down. I was yeah. talking to the guys at Savage Geese, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, they did a whole, I guess, a deep dive into the NSX. And um, what they were telling me, and I don't want to pass along, you know, gossip, so I'm not going to go deeply into this. Yes. But there, I guess there was some uh, friction between the American team because it's built in Ohio mm -hmm. and the Japanese team. So that's why it took so long. That's what they were telling me, at least, that the reason it took so long to run. Well, they, there were development issues. We know that as, as well. And that's why we saw the prototype and all these different uh, ones for like four years, uh, different hybrid systems. And the story is, is that some kid came along to Honda, uh, Acura, and said, oh, I, I got a simple solution and made it very simple. And the car was great. Before that, the prior version burnt up on the strip, literally caught on fire on a test track. And they have pictures of it online. So... That car is gone, which means the mantle of performance vehicle falls to, essentially, their four-door vehicles, right? I mean, think about it. You have the Integra, and then you have, is it the ILX? Um, the TLX. TLX, yeah. The, which, there, there was a special one in Chicago. Yeah. Um, let me, let me find They're so, building 300 of them. It was really cool. So the Integra, for those of you who don't know, once again, built on the Civic platform, essentially a Civic, uh, with... A lot of really nice goodies, a very comfortable, very well laid out vehicle, excellent entry level luxury vehicle. And some people like the look, some people don't. And so, it had a hatchback, has a hatchback. So this one's cool. It's the 2023 yeah, the TLX, TLX Type S PMC. PMC. That's the hand built one. It's, yeah. So they partially hand built it. They're building 300 of them. Yeah. And it comes and get this red, white, or blue. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it has uh, 350 horsepower, which to me is a little today. Uh, it seems a little on the low side. Ten years ago, it would have blown my mind. It feels like you know, like a stinger, right? It feels, but that's that's going to be, I guess, the new Halo car. If you can get one, but well, with that's, only three hundred, they're going to yeah, be sold out. But I have a feeling that they'll have uh, a just as capable version next year with a different um, type of thing that's mass produced. It makes sense if they're going to get the sales, and I guarantee you that's already sold out. I oh yeah, for it. sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. And then, it. then of course, you know, RDX and MDX. Yes, so the RDX is still one of my favorites in the class. I mean, and I'm comparing it all the way down to the Honda CRV and all the way up to vehicles like uh, from Genesis, the G70. Uh, would I choose a G70 over an RDX? It's close. It's really close, and, folks. Uh, and both those are going to go all electric, Honda has said. Yeah, that, and that's the other thing is that, um, so let's get to the MDX. MDX has recently been completely updated. 
Um, it's supposed to be a lot better in terms of driving dynamics. I haven't driven it yet. I took it on the ice last year. Yeah, what'd yeah. you think? It was good. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, super handling all-wheel drive. Yeah, which is really, really good. And it's the really torque vectoring yeah. rear ends is yeah. really, yeah. really good. On, really on the ice track, it was fun. And they actually let me drive the uh, NSX on the, on the ice track, too, which was terrifying because you think, like, you're on an ice track and those, like, berms that, you know, make up the side of the track, you think those are, like, nice and fluffy snow. Yeah, they're, no, that's hard ice. In that's there. hard ice, yeah. yeah those are frozen like a... Like Honda a, let me do that, too, about like ice uh, five years ago. Yeah. And I got to do it on a snow course. Yeah, in the NSX. this was with Bridgestone. They did. A, they uh, were showing off some of their winter tires. So, um, so to to put this in a package. Yep. Right now, Honda and Acura are looking at electrification. Now, with Honda, is it the Prologue? Yep, the Prologue. I think that's it. That's yeah. coming. Uh, we've seen spy shots of it. Oh, more than that, they've actually leaked a lot of images yeah. and whatnot when they're all on TFL car. Um, hey, it's a crossover. It is a crossover. It's, it's actually, I think it's really good looking. Yeah, it is good looking, images yeah. I've seen. It's based on the Ultium battery yeah, system. It's, it's a partnership with GM. Exactly. And that gets Honda right into the electrified market because Honda is lagging way behind almost everybody, including Toyota, believe it or not, when it comes to electrification in the United States. Overseas, they have their little uh, Honda E. Oh, I love that car. And that's a cool little car. I would love that car. Yeah, yeah but it's just it wouldn't sell it's here. Very expensive. Yes, and I just I just don't think they'd it's have got an audience here. It's giant screen, and the screen turns into a fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it has a look of like the original like CBCC and all those other ones. Yeah, it has a yeah. kind of similar it's like, feel. It's, it's like the Mini SE. It doesn't have a lot of range. No, very short range. Yeah. Um, and I, that's one of the reasons why. I wouldn't do well here. But they are looking. They've been putting together a lot of different partnerships. Once again, we have on our websites. And they are moving to electrification slowly but surely. I really hope that Honda starts looking into PHEVs a little bit more because I have a feeling that sweet spot's going to be the, the growth segment yeah, in I the future. Right. Yep. But we'll, we'll see. Anyway, um, so they have that for Honda. But when it comes to Acura, Acura wants the entire brand to be electrified within the next, I think, five or six years, right? Yeah, coming up quick. Yeah, so you're going to see more and more electric vehicles some of them based on the Ultium platform, I have a feeling you're going to see that almost immediately following the Honda introduction. And then it's just going to move on from there. And you're going to see a ton of um, electric vehicles coming directly out of Acura. So, you know, is that good? Is that bad? It, I think it it's depends good. on your perspective. I think it's good. I think, uh, you know, um, as long as you give people choice, I, I kind of, you know, say this too often. Please stick yeah, with the good. CCS and don't go to Chatamo. Yes. I know you're a Japanese-based company. Yeah, don't do Chatamo. Don't do Chatamo. Oh, more Chatamo. Hey, here's, you know what's crazy? Mm. Like, um, we can no longer, with electrification, actually, uh, get European cars in America. So I, I, I was talking to Porsche, and I wanted to be like, I wanted to, like, get a Taycan European delivery, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And drive it and bring it here. And they said, can't do that because... Uh, in Europe, they use CCS2, mm -hmm. different standard, won't work in America. Yep. And I said, well, you've got two sides. Why don't you put an American on one side? And they said, no, we're not doing that. I think that's brilliant. That would be funny. Yeah. I'm Wouldn't sure the Germans had no sense of humor when no, they did that. No, they didn't think that was a good idea. It's good. But, yeah, so, so, you know, 25 years from now when you can legally import an electric car from Europe, you could do it, but you won't be able to, without an adapter, you won't be able to And, and that's, it. I think adapters, look, we know for a fact, and this is a real quick uh, side note for, for electric vehicles, that companies like Tesla even are going to be opening up their networks to work with CCS. We don't know to what extent. They just, just the other day, 
put out a statement, uh, not they, but uh, the government, that uh, Tesla will be putting out 3,700 of their... Um, by 2024, yeah. yeah. They're going to open their No, no, right charges. now, actually, right now, supposedly right now they're doing it, but there's been no official announcement from Tesla because they don't have a PR department, so I guess we're going to have to wait for a tweet. Yeah, which is just probably not a good thing when you recall, like, what, 300,000 cars with, uh, air quotes, full self-driving. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole different thing. Though. We're not going to go on a, a Tesla rant, but I will say this, that... If you're able to adapt those, and they have a special one specifically built, uh, the Tesla chargers that can work with CCS, I'm pretty sure that we can find a way to work with so CCS, here, too. Tesla CCS, that's what they use. Here mm -hmm. in America, they have their own proprietary. Exactly. Which is different. So anyway, that's a whole other podcast. It's a different kettle of fish right there. It is a different kettle of but, fish. But to kind of round it up, uh, I will say that I think that Honda is looking really strong. In some ways, they're a little bit more cohesive, I think, than Toyota, but they also have a smaller lineup than Toyota. Um, they're looking strong in terms of their design, but many of you out there lament the fact that they no longer offer any of their vehicles that are small with an automatic transmission. And then their larger vehicles, some of you guys are complaining about the fact that they have automatic transmissions that you don't like. Um, and also there's been questions about oil consumption. So they're not perfect. However, I think that they are showing some strong signs of well, expanding and growing. I'll, I'll bring this full circle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've got a whole new refreshed product line, mm -hmm. and that is always good for an automaker. It is indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, listening and watching. As always, we're at alltfl.com. Nathan, thank you for your time, uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.